Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we finish previewing the Buccaneers and the Cardinals this Sunday at Raymond James Stadium. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate this offer. That's promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast. You just won't last. What's up, and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast, brought to you in part by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKED ON. I am James Yarko, joined what feels like for the first time this week. David Harrison, I, I I missed time because I was sick and then I had the crossover episode. And yeah, David, we have not spoken on a podcast since we recapped the disaster that was the uh, the Bucks secondary against Seattle. Um, I can't recall that. I'm pretty sure I dumped all that information. I moved on to Arizona. You can check out everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. So we have another NFC West opponent coming up. Uh, Obviously, the big storyline is Bruce Arians facing off against his former team. You have uh, a local Tampa radio station giving away 10 pairs of tickets to people that have Arizona driver's licenses. So that's... uh, that's some hubbub yeah. on on Twitter. Yikes. Yeah, big, big yikes. Um, I saw someone said they deleted it, though. They did, but, I mean, it's already out there. People already know about it. And I think I didn't see the original tweet. I've seen J.P. Peterson talking about it a lot. I've seen a lot of conversation going on. But I think it was an on-air giveaway. So it's not like you can take away what you said on air. The words are out there. There, you can't You can't go back and delete what happened in a live show. Yeah, I mean, I don't listen to the to the radio to that radio station. Just I don't either, partially because I live in Canada. But um, the the tweet itself said, "Come to the station." Like the first person to get to the station, show an Arizona ID, would get tickets to the game. Which I mean, this this franchise already has a bad enough situation with you know with road teams basically feeling like they have a home game in Raymond James Stadium. So for right. a local radio station to just contribute to the madness, I don't know. I'm sure I don't I don't think that was their intent. I, I would hope it's not their intent. I guess it could have been, but it's yeah, rough. You know what would have been awesome if Chris Arians had shown up at the radio station if she still had a valid mm. Arizona driver's license mm. and she got the tickets and then gave them to a Buccaneer fan. 
that would have been pretty legit. Um, not I could see her. Why, doing I don't know why I'm bringing like this up in this conversation, but I, she might have a Georgia license. That would make sense too, because that's where their forever home is. Yeah, as she puts it. <laughs> but anyway, we are uh, we are here to talk Cardinals. We are here to talk Buccaneers. Um, I I gave a lot of my thoughts on the crossover Wednesday episode. You and Evan. Uh, also had some discussion about this game, but I, I'm beating a dead horse, man. I've I've talked about it for basically the last three games. The Bucks are going to win this game. Use the freaking tight end. Yeah. You are now facing the absolute dead last worst defense in the NFL against the tight end, and OJ Howard is coming back. Use him, pretty please. Yeah, I mean, for the sake of my fantasy team, I really hope they do. But I mean, for the sake of this team, I hope they do. Again, this this team has been searching for a third receiving option for so long, and I know the last two weeks he's been out with injury. But even before those those the injury creeped up, you know, we, we we're not alone. It's not just been us. It's been a lot of people have been begging, screaming, shouting that OJ Howard is your third best wide receiver uh, any day uh, on this roster. So, yeah, I mean, it it would just be nice to to see him get involved and I mean against this defense it's it's yet again another defense I mean there have been others but this defense looks like one that this offense should be able to one get rolling and two get OJ Howard involved more and again and don't be wrong part of that is on OJ like when the ball comes your way brother you got to catch it for one you got to tuck it Mm -hmm. put it away for two and you got to hold on to it for three because you saw in London with the screenplay I mean the dude can make things happen but again, he's he's kind of he's he shot himself in the foot a little bit too. So let's not put it all on Byron Leftwich in the offense, uh, the the scheme and all that stuff. Some of it's been OJ's fault, but uh, yeah, man, seeing him come back, it's it's definitely a, a big thing, and and hopefully we can see him get involved because for this last eight games of the season, that would be huge. Yeah, and I saw Mark Cook obviously from from Pewter Report. You all know him. Um, he's not real big on on like just tweeting out proclamations so i i kind of took notice when he tweeted out that you can I, I can't remember his exact phrasing but he basically guaranteed that oj howard was going to have a monster second half of the season and i think he ended the tweet with trust me on this yeah so I yeah i mean that's not that's that's a little out of character for mark mm-hmm. to be honest so i i do think there might be something to that what what he's seen or what he's heard, I don't know. Uh, but you know, maybe maybe they finally have it figured out. Maybe they're finally getting OJ involved in the game plan, and they're going to force some targets his way. Which, of course, is always dangerous with with Jameis Winston when you're when mm. you're trying to force feed a receiver. We've seen in the past when they've tried to force feed Mike Evans to get him stats, or uh, even back in. in uh, in Jameis's rookie year, he was force feeding Vincent Jackson and uh, you know force feeding Deshaun Jackson on deep passes. We've seen that go uh, very, very poorly for Jameis in the past, but it looks like uh, from all accounts, they're really going to try to get OJ involved this week. Yeah, I mean, and and making an attempt to get OJ involved really can just boil can can be boiled down to simply just getting him mismatches. Using I, I expected a lot more motion than we've seen from this team. Uh, I mean, I'll just, I saw more motion in training camp, you know what I mean, than we've really seen, you know, on average. Obviously, practices aren't a full game or anything like that, but 
the amount of times we saw shifts and motions and stuff like that in training camp, I expected to see more in this season. We haven't seen a lot of that come to fruition. Now, I don't know if a lot of that has come because, again, we've had some receivers on this team who have missed their hot reads or run the wrong routes and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you're not running kind of the basic basic in- install uh, to the best ability and with a lot of proficiency, then how can you really get into the extra stuff? So that might play a part in it. I don't know. But, you know, things like that, th- those are things that teams like you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Travis Kelsey will come in and he'll line up in line and he'll kick out. He'll be he'll be lined up, standing up and he'll come in line. He'll he'll come out of the backfield, go into the backfield like you do things to one, get the matchup you want and two get the defense to tip their hands because against the Arizona Cardinals, like they've they've done better than most people expected them to. Kyler Murray himself has done better than I expected him to. Cliff Kingsbury is actually a better coach, like a better game manager. He's managed this team better like going back and researching them now uh i'm i'm actually fairly impressed with him especially as a first year nfl head coach given the track record he had in college i'm actually fairly impressed with what he's done for what it's worth um but still this this team is 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 where they are they're expected to be where they are for a reason and part of that is just they don't have a plethora of, of talent or a wealth of talent um on both sides of the ball really and on the, I mean, the defense is, or the offense is better than the defense. So against this defense, I mean, Terrell Suggs is out there, and he's uh, he's more of a name than he is a talent at this point in his career. That's a guy. If you get Terrell Suggs lined up against OJ Howard, that's a guy that you can take advantage of. If you get some of these other, like they've had uh, some issues with guys like Hassan Reddick has been replaced. They've got they've got a new inside linebacker starting. They've had some set some secondary issues. Do some things to get OJ Howard lined up against some of these guys, or. If they don't, if they refuse to give you that matchup, line up OJ all the way outside. And if they refuse you for, refuse to give you the matchup that you want, then what they're going to do is take a key player away from that part of their defensive formation. Give James a check, give him an audible, use that again. So you might not get OJ involved with the catch, but you get OJ involved in manipulating the defense. So hopefully those things that we're going to see last week was promising in that we did see some during the game was one of them. Uh, we, we saw some new wrinkles in the, in the passing game. We saw, you know, Scotty Miller. I mean, that was a route and a, and a route combination that I don't remember seeing, uh, so far this season. And if Scotty Miller has a little bit better field awareness, that works beautifully. So we've seen some new things coming, which is encouraging. It'd be more encouraging and people will probably be pointing them out more if there was a win involved, but hopefully like Mark Cook is saying, one of those changes involves ways to scheme OJ Howard into this passing game a little. All right. Well, David, let's go ahead. Well, actually, before we get to our predictive players of the game, you want to you want to talk a little Cardinals receivers versus Bucks secondary? I mean, you know, it's it's going to be a huge <laughs> it's going to have a big impact on the game. So we might as well. Yeah. Fantasy players fire up all your Cardinals receivers, fire up Christian Kirk, fire up Larry Fitzgerald, fire up Keyshawn Johnson. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I mean, if if you'd have told Buccaneers fans, you know, a few years ago that they would be then their near future, they would see Bruce Arians coaching in Raymond James Stadium and Keyshawn Johnson would be a wide receiver on Buccaneers fans probably would have been a little bit confused, but here we are. It's happening. <laughs> and um, you know, I'll I'll mention again. Uh I had I had put it up on Bucks Nation. Bruce Arians has yet again called out the secondary. He's called out the secondary as a whole. He's called out players by name. He was a little defensive about Jamel Dean. And I understand where he's coming from. And David, we talked about it. Yo, Jamel Dean was was thrust into a no-win 
situation and got no help from his defensive coordinator. But Bruce Arians basically came out and said, you know, when he made the comment that the secondary was fixed, he clarified that comment. He said, yeah, I was talking about talent, but the talent hasn't shown up on Sundays. And he talked about Jamel Dean and, and the, the raw talent that he possesses, but he does need to put it together and he does need to improve. And I agree with that. I do think, and, and David, you said it on our, on our recap episode, that there is some raw talent there. There is some upside to Dean, but yeah, being placed in a no win situation and, and not getting the, the appropriate coaching or the appropriate help in that situation, especially when it was so last minute, um, you know, that, that pretty much completely screwed Dean over, but I don't have a ton of faith in this secondary going up against a guy who can avoid pass rush extend plays with his legs and allow his receivers to go out there and, you know, continue to try to get open against a secondary that can't seem to cover guys one-on-one. So I think the combination of, of Kyler Murray's playmaking ability and, and his mobility mixed with, you know, these corners not being able to cover worth a crap. uh, It it could be really problematic for, for the bucks. Yeah, I mean, Christian Kirk honestly concerns me more than anything else just because uh, if especially if Carlton Davis can't go and Jamel Dean is basically forced out there again, which uh, it's, is very possible. I mean, it's a, and you know the Arizona Cardinals have an eye on the Seattle Seahawks because they're a division rival, so of course you have an eye on, on them. When a division rival that you know and you kind of know what they're able to do and some of their tendencies is playing a team that you're about to play in your own schedule, you kind of look for some of the things that they do successfully and see if you can mimic them and and replicate some of those things. So I expect to see a lot of Christian Kirk running from left to right and right to left. I expect to see that a lot and I expect it to work uh, at least a little bit. Larry legend is, is a legend for a reason. He's a, he's a, he's a PPR, you know, King and he's, he's going to eat, he's going to get his, his reps. And then guys like Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Andy and Isabella, they provide their own mismatch qualities against the Buccaneers defenders. The big thing, the key things is, of course, going to be the pass rush and how much these guys can get at Kyler Murray. And it's in, or it's, it's I don't want to say ironic, but it's a little uncomfortable to, to say out loud. But having faced Russell a week ago is actually going to help this team when they face Kyler Murray. Uh, saying something like that, you're talking about better talent. And obviously, Kyler Murray isn't a better talent, but Coach Arians talked about it. Uh, I don't know if it was the day after press conference or, or a later one, but some at some point during this week, he talked about how the pass rush didn't help the secondary in certain situations against Seattle, specifically when Russell Wilson moved to get out of the pocket and get away from the pass rush. Essentially, the fastest way to get from your position to the quarterback is a straight line. Go through your guy. Don't go around him or you know, don't try to do all this other craziness. And essentially what happened is there were a couple of reps where they sent a, a lot of blitzers. They sent everybody, as Coach Arians likes to say, and when Russell went to make a move to get out of the pocket, the blitzers became tentative. They hesitated. They didn't come after him like a heat-seeking missile. They kind of paused to see if they could react to what he was doing. The problem with a quarterback like Russell Wilson is when you pause, that's when he finds the open receiver. And Kyler Murray is not Russell Wilson, but they do have a similar skill set, you know, as far as like raw, you know, attributes are concerned. And if this this team starts blitzing Kyler Murray. He's going to try to get away from them. He's going to try to get under him. He's going to try to get around him. And if they are tentative again, 
when he makes that move to get out of the pocket and get away from the pass rush, we could end up seeing a, a similar situation because, as everybody knows, when you blitz all those guys, you're also leaving minimal coverage guys out there. And in the National Football League, with the rules the way they are, the officiating the way it is, there's nothing a, def- a defensive back can do to keep a receiver from getting open for you know after five six seconds of not uh, of of not having a pass rush get to a quarterback. So that's going to be a big thing too. If this pass ru- if these pass rushers learned from those mistakes against Russell Wilson, then they should be able to impact Kyler Murray more, and it should help the secondary more than it did in Seattle. All right. Well, David, let's go ahead and get into our predictive players of the game. On the offensive side, who do you got? I'm going with OJ Howard because it needs to happen. It needs to happen now, and it needs to happen against this defense because this team, like, again, I kind of talked about it, James, with Evan. Like, we're about to get into that part of the year where there's two factions of Bucks fans. There's a faction that says, lose, lose, lose. Let's get a better draft pick. And there's the faction that says, win, win, win because I want to see my team win. And after December, we're not going to have any more football again until August. I'm, as you know, I always want this team to win because it's more fun to cover a win than it is to cover a loss. Just right up front, that's at the surface, at a minimum, it's more fun to cover a win than it is to cover a loss. So I want this team to win. If this team's going to win this game, I think O.J. Howard is going to have to have a part in it, and I'm ready for it. It needs to happen. I want to see it happen because the kid is too talented. And they got suitors at the trade deadline for this guy. If they kept him, it's for a reason. That reason has to be to get him involved in the offense. So it's time to show why you kept him instead of getting draft capital to help you next year. All right. I I agree wholeheartedly. And for once, I wasn't going to take OJ Howard. Like I said in the beginning, I've I've beaten that dead horse even deader. Um, I will, however, go with Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is going to put up enough this week to have yet another thousand yard season. And he would do it in only nine games. He only needs 158 yards to have a thousand on the season through nine games. I heard you say only 158, but it didn't make me like, it didn't surprise me when you said that about Mike Evans. So I enjoy that. Well, I, I mean, and think about this for a minute. He had less than 100 yards in his first two games combined. And he can end up with 1,000 yards receiving in nine games. Yeah, he's really turned it on. It's, it's, been, it's been impressive. And that's we had that conversation about line that very weekend where, I, where we essentially sat here and said, Mike Evans has not shown the lion in him so far this year. Ever since then, he has definitely been going out there uh, doing his best, you know, Simba impression. Yeah, and uh, I saw I saw a friend of the show, Carmen Vitale, tweet out earlier that if Mike Evans were to come away from this game with 175 yards receiving, he would be the first player in NFL history to have three consecutive games with 175 yards receiving or more. I think he can do yeah. it. Yeah. So there's my predictive, uh, my predictive offensive player of the game, Mike Evans. Mark it down for uh, 180 and a touchdown. I will take it, even though the guy I'm playing against in fantasy football this week has Mike Evans. Trade for him. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Who is your defensive player of predictive defensive player of the game? Can I go, with Shaq Barrett? 
no, the rule still applies. <laughs> I'm going JPP because there you go. again, this team has to learn from the mistakes they made against Russell Wilson. And while the defensive front did pretty well, again, like Coach Arian said, some of the mistakes they made led to some of those big plays, and some of those mistakes were not dedicating themselves to going full bore against Russell Wilson as he tried to escape from them, go after him, get him, attack the belly button, and play through the player. He's the veteran. He's got to be the guy to, one, correct that behavior, two, make sure his teammates are correcting that behavior. If they don't early on, hold them accountable, make the, make it to where they do it so that, one, they get off the field early. This team is getting is, is riddled with injuries right now. You got people playing way, way more snaps than they should be. Uh, conditioning is becoming a problem and a concern. And so the more they can get off the field, the better off they're going to be. So a guy like JPP, get in those pass rushers' heads, get in that front seven's head, and and get the job done against a rookie quarterback. And please do not let another rookie or another backup beat this team. All right. I, for my predictive defensive player of the game, I'm going with Devin White. Since returning from injury, Devin White has really stepped it up. Yes, he had a, a crucial defensive pass interference call in the end zone against the Seahawks, led to a touchdown. Look, that was there was there was not a whole lot he could have done there. Um, yeah, it was it was a well designed play by the Seahawks. He was kind of just stuck out there. They get tangled. It, yeah, it happens. But he also led the team in tackles. He got a half of a sack, his first, you know, taste of a sack in the NFL. He's gradually getting a little bit better every week since coming back from that knee injury. And he's putting a lot of pressure on himself. He's come out and said, I'm not living up to being the number five pick. And he is busting his butt to continue to get better each and every week. And if the Buccaneers are going to have a chance in this game, if David Johnson plays, Someone has to cover him coming out of the backfield because, yes, the Buccaneers may have the best run defense in the NFL, and they would have had yet another, you know, another game of stopping a premier running back from getting 100 yards. But Carson busted off a 59 yarder and then was chased down by Devin White and stripped, but the ball happened to go out of bounds. David Johnson is such a threat in the passing game that you can't rely on taking him out of the game just in the running game. You have to play him the same way you've played Christian McCaffrey, and that means you shut him down in the run game, but you have to have someone out on him in the passing game. And I think that, you know, it's it, that responsibility is probably going to be split between Levante David and Devin White. But I need to see Devin White make a big splash play in this game, and I think it's going to come as part of his responsibility of covering David Johnson out of the backfield. So I expect another big day out of Devin White, and I expect a um, a big splash play like he uh, like he was so close to having against Seattle. I like it. And really, you can kind of copy-paste that for, you know, uh, Kenyon Drake. Different, you know, I think David, David yeah, Johnson's yeah. obviously better between the tackles than those two. But, I mean, at the end of the day, all three of those running backs can impact the game on the ground, and they can impact it through the air. So – it's, it's kind of a copy-paste situation, just, you know, different athletic builds. All right, David, what is your bold prediction? Uh, my bold prediction is zero turnovers from Jameis Winston. That was also mine. So now It's got to happen. This, this is the defense to do it. It's got to happen. Donovan, keep your chicken. Jameis's chicken wing. All right. All right. I will see your no turnovers from Jameis Winston, and I will raise you my bold prediction. Jamel Dean gets an interception. Yeah, I hope so. Redemption, thy name is Dean. 
I think after as bad of a week as he had last week, um, he's, I, I don't know. I don't know Jamel D. I've never spoken with him, but I would hope that someone who's gotten to this level would, and I know we, we always say players need to tune out the media and they need to not read their newspaper clippings and all that, but I hope he heard a little bit of what was said about him after that Seattle game. Mm-hmm. And he came into practice this week ready to prove that that is not the player that he is, that he's ready to go out there and take on Kirk or Fitz or Keyshawn, whoever the case may be, and say, I'm going to show these fans, I'm going to show my teammates, I'm going to show my coaches the kind of player that I really am and and make sure that they know that that Seahawks game was an anomaly and that they're going to get the real Dean from now on. And I hope that starts this week. And I think a big step in that direction would be getting an interception. So I think he does that. That's, that's what I'm going with. God knows he's going to get one before Hargraves. Jeez. Well, before Hargraves, it's another one. Yeah. Um, You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, SMB against Larry Fitzgerald is a big matchup too. I mean, there there's, there's big matchups across the field, so we'll see what happens. All right. On the Crossover Wednesday episode, which have, if you have not heard, I recommend you go back and listen. Bo Brack um, from Locked on Cardinals. We actually had him on uh, shortly after the Bucks hired Bruce Arians. And, mm. and we talked about, you know, what Bruce Arians can bring to this team. Uh, go back, check that out. He's he's a great dude. But I made my score prediction of a Buccaneers victory 33 to 24 so david what is your prediction for this game uh i'm I'm going with the bucks and i'm, I'm going 40 to 28 that's oof. Mm-hmm. It's ooh. only 12 points it's not even two full touchdowns i guess that's true it sounds a lot bigger than it actually is i know it sounds really a, big but it's not even two touchdowns um yeah that's only three point three points different than than mine yeah so it sounds bigger than it is because you got that 40 burger in there um I just, you know, with with the way the secondary is played, I don't feel like, you know, Kyler Murray's going to be able to make some plays. I think they're they're going to get some chunk plays. They're going to get some some screen passes or something like that. They're going to go for big plays. So the the Cardinals are going to score, but the the Buccaneers' offense has shown that they can put up points in bunches, and the Seahawks' defense is better than the Cardinals' defense in some very critical areas that match what the Buccaneers do. Like I like I said with Evan on yesterday's episode, like when you look at like the deep analytics, you look at the advanced stats and everything where the Buccaneers are strongest is where the Cardinals are weakest, where the Cardinals are strongest is where the Buccaneers are strongest. So you have a matchup where this team's strengths counter the other team's weaknesses beautifully, but our, this team's strengths counter their strengths beautifully as well. Like the Buccaneers, this Buccaneers team is, is actually very well against the Cardinals team. However, when this defense makes mistakes, they're big, you know what I mean? And, you heard you heard Coach Arians and everybody talking about the problems with the zone coverage and the communication that's been going on, which is why they they didn't give you know, they weren't able to give Jamel as much help as they as mo- most of us wanted them to with over the top coverage and zone coverages and stuff like that. And if that hasn't been remedied, which is probably hard to go from essentially running nothing but man, being confident enough to run a good solid mixture this week. Again, the pass rush is going to be critical because the more first downs this team gets. The longer they keep the defense on the field, the more tired these guys are going to get and give Jamel Dean all kinds of credit last weekend. I mean, he the dude was running on less than fumes, but he was going and he was churning. And he was giving it everything he's got. 
So this week, I hope you're right. I hope he gets a pick, but let's see if that effort and that energy and that willingness to essentially die on the field matches up with an education. And if so, then we should see a better version. Um, I'm just wondering if one weekend is or one week is enough time for all those lessons to germinate and blossom into uh, everything that you said. But um, it goes well. And the Buccaneers, again, don't beat themselves. Then they should be able. I mean, you put up 34 against the Seahawks in Seattle. You should be able to put, put up 40 against Arizona. So that's kind of the logic I went with there. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, David, well wishes to you as you travel to Tampa to cover the game at Ray J. Should be fun. Which, Bailey and Gil will be there. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a, a nice little Bucks Nation party, which also means a little bit of bad news for you guys, the listeners. Um, with David on the road, that means I'm in charge of editing which means probably not going to take any voicemails. We can take them. We just may not be able to play them. We can still listen to them and bring them up and talk about them. We just may not All be right. able to play them. We'll see. All right. Goes. That's fair. That's fair. So if you do have some reactions to the game, go ahead and send them into 813-444-5841. Again, I do not have the editing acumen that Sir David Harrison does, but we will do our best to at least address some of them, even if they don't get on the air. Um, make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Well, I'm-